get ready. I mean, get ready, 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 ready. Welcome back, Mitties. This is Dr. Ross, and we are excited about today's episode for Intentional Leadership Podcast, powered by the Academy of Dallas and Bear County Academy Public Charter Schools. And today we have our special guest, Mr. Calvo. Would you please yes, sir. introduce yourself to our Mitties? Absolutely. My name is Buddy Calvo. I am a professional filmmaker a former educator, was a teacher for five years teaching film production, and I am currently the board president of the nonprofit TRL Productions and the program director for Alamo Arts Academy. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're excited uh, to have you share some of the things that you're doing with the Alamo Arts Academy. And... Um, Let's start out by saying that we have partnered with the Alamo Arts Academy at the Bear County Academy and Academy of Dallas Public Charter Schools as a form of uh, extracurricular activities, uh, electives. Uh, but from that particular program, they can utilize what they've learned, and you're going to talk more about that, um, as a part of their future careers. So just That's right. Kind of, uh, just kind of talk about the Alamo Arts Academy, uh, where it started from, the vision, the concept um, with the audience. Absolutely. So first, uh, Dr. Williams, I, obviously, I want to say I'm so thankful for being able to have our program uh, a part there with BCA and AOD. We're thrilled for this opportunity. And it's been going great. The students seem to really be enjoying themselves and learning a lot. Um, so the Alamo Arts Academy started the idea back when I was a teacher. So I started as a paraprofessional and it's the strangest things. I, I was brought in as a paraprofessional and the teacher there said, oh, you just come in one, two days a week and you, you know, you're still able to do your full time production. And, you know, and as soon as I walked in, uh, <laughs> they said, OK, you're, this is your class. This is who you're teaching. I said, wait a second. I'm not a teacher. I'm just a fair professional. I'm just supposed to be here, you know, a couple of days a week. And it just snowballed. So before you knew it, before that first semester was over, I'm Mr. Calvo and my name's up on a, on a whiteboard and I'm giving out homework and I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, the teacher's still there, but she was kind of, you know, really letting me run with it. Um, so I, I started there with my, my educational background and it just grew from that. So the next year I, I was teaching more. Um, and then finally I started working on getting my certification and, uh, got my certification and for, for six through 12 and, you know, took off from there, uh, after doing filmmaking and CTE instruction, I got promoted, um, or, you know, I got told that I was going to be taking on a new role doing the uh, CTE coordinator. 
and being the campus coordinator for high school. And it was when I got to see some of the inner workings, some of the stuff in the back door, testing, how you know the curriculum uh, delivery could be tweaked and customized and whatnot. I started saying, man, it'd be awesome to open up my own school. You know, just a little pipe dream. Mm-hmm. So I started writing the curriculum, me and all of the teachers that are on campus. I, I picked everyone's brain history teachers and math teachers. And what would this look like? What would that look like? So I put all this information together and it didn't go anywhere. So I ended up the, you know, things didn't work out there at the school that the school actually got, um, got closed. Uh, you know, just one of those things, you know, schools opening school closing, school got closed. And I said, man, well, I have all of this information. Let's see what I can do with it. I became a part of TRL, the nonprofit TRL. They uh, started this multimedia festival called Bearfest. And um, just this last year, in this last year, uh, unfortunately, our former executive director passed away. And when they passed away, I started to see things again from a nonprofit standpoint and from an educational standpoint, seeing what other things could our nonprofit be doing. And it always comes back to education for me. Mainly because I'm a big believer when people talk about, especially nowadays, the state of the world and COVID, and there's there's a lot of opportunities to be negative. And some of it's rightfully so. I, I understand COVID, you know, has put a big damper on things with everyone. And so when you when you take a look at everything and you know how everything is. I always bring back everything to where do you, you know, where do you nip it in the butt? Where, where does things start? Where can you really improve our society, our culture, uh, you know, our world? And for me, it always starts with educating children. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. Some, some people say, you know, we need to get better jobs or we need to. And, and, you know, a lot of those things. Sure. But where does it start? Well, if you say, well, and I've heard this as being a teacher and, and working with students, it starts with the parents and it's the parents' fault and the parents don't do this. And, the, and I said, hold on them. The reason they might, if, if that's really your thing, the reason a parent might not do X, Y, and Z for a student is because they lack the skills, they lack the training, they lack the education. So it started for the parent when they were a child, mm-hmm. they didn't get it. And maybe their and their parent and their parent. At some point, education was the key for, and it failed on someone. And that just is a ripple effect. It's not rocket science. I mean, that for me anyway, this is the way I see it. That's what happened. So I said, so if I really want to put, you know, if I really want to make a change, it has to start with education. So I started thinking, well, from my years and being in school uh, and being teaching, I also saw that, you know, there's amazing opportunities for students going to college, but there's also amazing opportunities for two, uh, opportunities for students who may not want to go to college, who college might not react for them, or just giving them those skills in addition to going to college. And I said, man, I, this is where we got to do it. This is where we can really make a change. So with BearFest and our nonprofit TRL, we also got a lot of inquiries from schools saying we would love to be a part of BearFest, but our little school doesn't have multimedia production. Mm-hmm. Our little school doesn't do filmmaking. Our little so we're out. We can't be a part of it. It was a combination of those two things. So it was well, I have this program, I have the curriculum outright uh, written out. I, I'm getting these schools that are interested. You know, these these kids, and then you want to make a change. I have these skills and this know-how. Let's put it together. 
let's stop talking about it. Let's be about let's it. Do let's it. put it together. Let's do it. So the Alamo Arts Academy was born. And, uh, you know, we, we started, how do we really turn this into something? And it's pretty unique. It's a, it's a pretty unique program. Absolutely, it is. And definitely as a superintendent for both districts, I recognize the potential um, for our scholars, you know, the opportunities not only to participate in those um, various modules, and we'll talk more about that uh, a little bit later, but participate in this particular program and have a skill set that they could take with them anywhere um, one of the things that you mentioned, and I, you hear this from every entrepreneur that's out there, even if it's a for-profit or a non-profit, um, and AOD and BCA, which is Academy of Dallas and Bear County Academy, um, our vision is to develop life skills along with entrepreneurs. And you made a great point by saying, you know, there was something that was missing that had not been developed uh, schools or uh, smaller schools or smaller districts wanted the opportunity to participate in this festival and could not because they didn't have the resources or the um, uh, staff to be able to really do that. And you met a need. It's about meeting a need and fulfilling that That's need. Right. That is what a true entrepreneur is all about. And I don't want to pass over that because um, you are the the founder of the Alamo Arts Academy. And I know the passion that you have in it working directly with you and even so working with our scholars. So I just wanted to definitely uh, key into uh, to that. Talk, talk to us specifically about... Um, the Alamo Arts Academy as it relates to the curriculum? Absolutely. So we're very fortunate that I got, I'm very fortunate that I got lucky the way I did of thinking of this idea while I was still a teacher, because I would not have had access to all of the different minds and the different, uh, you know, uh, teachers and, and the different people involved in academics that I did while I was there being a teacher. So I, I got to talk to our principal, vice principal, and like I said before, different people that have worked on uh, different testing and, um, and all sorts of different people that have developed curriculums. So I got to look at the TEKS, the way they're written, the right. way they're developed, the, the, the career tracks and how they go, okay, we got the TEKS here, we have the guidelines, we know we want to keep... Then I got to start uh, talking to different people, even interns from Trinity University uh, uh, and different teachers there that they saw what I was doing and everyone started chipping in. Okay, buddy, this is right. Did you think about this? And did you think about this approach? And, and you know, how are we going to make sure, you know, the deliverables are here or that the students are meeting the needs they need to, you know, X, Y, and Z. So we developed the curriculum 100% aligned with the TEKS. So all of our uh, curriculum, so our four different subjects are digital photography, digital film production, graphic design, and audio engineering. Each one is fully developed within the CTE TEKS uh, from the beginner level, from you know, AV1 all the way to the practicum. So we have all of that aligned in there. So everything we are teaching to the students and we're bringing to the students, sure, the instructors are, are, are giving it their own flavor, like any teacher should. They're putting their own spin on it. Right. But it's all within those uh, within those TEKS and CTE guidelines. So I thought that was, you know, that was an awesome approach, too, because what makes our program really unique in my mind is that 
It is a multimedia curriculum that was developed by teachers and taught by professionals. Now, some of us happen to be professionals and certified teachers like myself and like the audio engineer, and we want to keep that going. But some of us are just professionals out there in the field, working in the field. And, and really now they're, they're becoming more teachers than anybody. You know, the, these professionals who knew nothing about teaching, they're researching teaks. They're looking at the guidelines. They're, they're becoming teachers in a sense. I told two of them the other day, you should think about going and getting your uh, certification. Right. I mean, you're doing it. You're, you're, you're doing teaching. So um, mm-hmm. it, it's really cool. You know, I, and I'm very proud to be able to offer that to students. Uh, not only this, you know, this multimedia program, but that something that is aligned to the teaks. So, you know, so, so superintendents like yourself can see it and say, wow, you know, this, this isn't only great content, but this is a line there. There's research and data and real thought put into this. I think it's really uh, crucial that you, and I'm glad you emphasized that it, the alignment with the state standards. And I want everyone to know, some of you are familiar when he referenced TEKS, that is the Texas Essential um, Knowledge, Knowledge and Skills. And skills yeah. Right. That that's our state standards for Texas. And that is, you know, a requirement that we have that alignment and making sure that we follow those standards that are provided and approved by the state. So to have your program aligned to uh, the state standards is extremely uh, crucial and important to us as a district. But I'm sure to any other uh, district that in the future that you um, may offer your program too. Um, another uh, a good point I wanted to make was that it, it, for, for us as a district, it was really important that we had someone that had the background in instruction and had experience around pedagogy to support, you know, those uh, individuals that would be doing practicum work with our students and so forth. And, and we'll talk more about uh, the practicum work. Let's look at the lens of the pupil uh, now. Let's talk about what the the student is actually going to experience or has experienced at our district through the module aspects. Absolutely. So when a student uh, joins the program, you know, through the school. So let's let's talk about you know the actual students we have. We have our BCA AOD students. They're getting an email, let's say from the get go, and it provides their login and their link and where they need to go. They come in, they log in, they build their profile, uh, which students are all familiar with doing, you know, first name, last name, put a good email, any kind of icon, so so on and so forth. And that's all on our online remote learning platform. From there, the student, they have already signed up for one of the subjects, but the students can sign up for all of the subjects Mm. or just two of them or just three of them or all four. Then the students enter in the subjects. There's a welcome video at the beginning of every subject for every semester um, where they get to learn a little bit about their instructor. Um, Really, you know, so they can develop what they get to develop during a school year. They can develop it there online. And then they start with their lessons. So everybody starts at an introductory level, year one introductory level. And, uh, you know, they progress from there. And again, that's the TEKS, that's the guideline, that's a career track, that's those standards. At the end of each lesson, and the lessons range from, I'd say, three minutes to about 10 minutes. And that's purposeful. That's by design because when it comes to something online or something through the computer or something remote learning, uh, our data has suggested anything longer 
than 10 minutes. And the 10 minute ones, those are rare, but anything longer than 10 minutes, you're going to lose them. And that's not to say, you know, even the greatest content, even when the students are watching a movie or they're, you know, doing any, they look at their phone, they, you know, they check out like any of us, do. you know, 10 minutes is a long time to have me, you know, on the screen. So they're checking the lesson out. They're, they're, they're retaining this information. They're learning. They're able to rewind, fast forward, go to different points in the lesson. And then when the lesson concludes, they have a project at the end of each lesson. Mm -hmm. So that project, again, is aligned with the TEKS and with the practicum. So we're always infusing that practicum right. into every single lesson. It isn't so much. So the full-time practicum would be some, you know, an eighth grader that's been in it two years or a senior that's been in it, you know, three years. But I didn't want students to say, so wait a second, you mean to tell me I have to wait two years before I get to do anything? That's, you know, you, you know, you know, you can't do that to kids and they'll, 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 the, the scholars won't stand for it. <laughs> they want right. hands on. They want something to do. Absolutely. So that's why we infused uh, a project, a practicum component into every lesson. So at the end of the lesson, uh, they have something to do that pertains to that lesson. And it could be something, you know, for the very few first lessons, it could be something as easy as a crossword puzzle. Or, you know, something really simple just to get them started. And then it gets really involved. You know, we're talking about, you know, digital photography. Go out there and take, you know, these different pictures with different exposures and different ISOs or shutter speeds uh, for, for, you know, filmmaking, uh, you know, in the same vein, depth of field, graphic design. We want you to look around from magazines to online. Uh, when you, you know, when you're walking outside and you see a billboard to tell us about the fonts and all sorts of different projects are infused in the lessons. So then the students are able to do those projects, turn in their answers, turn them in, and then they are able to receive points, Alan Marks Academy points, for incentives for being a part of this, for, for, for their participation. So a little something to motivate them, mm -hmm. a little something to keep them engaged. You know, when I think about the opportunities that our scholars have to access this online, Anywhere, of course, we provide, you know, within our schedule opportunities for them to actually uh, go online, but they still can do these lessons at home on the weekends and also participate in those practicums that you mentioned uh, as a part of that particular process. I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for them. Um, in addition to that, talk about, you know, the certifications that possibly could be received um, at, at one particular point within the, uh, the program. Absolutely. So that's another point that we're very proud of. So as the students progress, they've been in eight, one year, they've been this, little do they know, they are already being taught the guidelines and what is needed to know so that they can get these national certifications. Once a student's been in it, so let's say they started sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade year, in their eighth grade year, they have already, they did, and, and this is something we're not harping on. We're going to let them in on the, we're going to let them in on the secret uh, <laughs> when they've been in it, you know, by their eighth grade year. Yes. But we're always infusing this, this content that they need to know to take these national certifications. In their eighth grade year, it's going to be like a surprise to them. Well, little do you know, you've been learning this content. This year, we're going to go step by step, almost like a review, and get you prepared for these national certifications. Amazing. Uh, and one of which is going to be the uh, uh, final cut video editing software certification for our eighth graders. Now these are national, these are, they're adults. There's college students. They're 
all over taking these certifications, but they're not in these kind of programs. So right. what they try to do, they try to learn on their own or they try to, you know, you can buy a book uh, off of Amazon and try to read this big old, you know, 250 page book and then take the test. But it, I mean, I, I guess it's possible cramming like that, but our students, the students here, they've been learning all this. We've been putting all this in these lessons. So by the time they reach their eighth year and they're ready for that test, they're like, I've been talking about this for years. This is awesome. This is what the test is over. This is a piece of cake. You know, that, that's the idea behind mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. I'm really proud of that because that's something they're going to enter into high school with. They're going to enter, they're going to have those certifications going, you know, up, applying for college or even going out, uh, you know, doing something in the, in the entrepreneurial workspace. So, you know, that's amazing. Most definitely. And I think that's what um, I wanted to make sure I had this time to talk to you uh, about it, because I really want uh, our parents and potential uh, parents to know the great opportunities that both districts provide our middle school scholars, you know, whereas they can get the certification, but more specifically, just those opportunities to get that level of training uh, to take away and establish their own businesses as it relates to photography and videography or what have you. So it's just so much potential there. And I'm just excited that we were able to partner with you. And I think we're uh, possibly the, uh, are we the only uh, middle school at this particular time? You're the only middle school at this particular time. There's another school that's uh, on a pilot version of it, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't even get 50% of what we're doing here. But what really got me excited, and and this is, you know, for all the parents out there that may be watching, the fact that BCA and AOD are offering students in middle school an opportunity to learn, be advised, be molded into leaders to be educated within the entrepreneurial space. That is an education like no other, period. In my mind, that cannot be beat, period. Because the kind of skills that they're learning at these schools and that mindset, especially for now, you know, in this day and age, with so many jobs being offered for self-starters and for startups and for people working at home, to do those jobs working at home, to do those jobs that you mm-hmm. see on TikTok or that you see on Facebook or Instagram, where they say, I'm 25 years old and I make $100,000. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying you got to kick butt to make that happen. <laughs> right. you, you, gotta, you had to have been taught those entrepreneurial skills to make that happen. And everybody always says, uh, there's a famous uh, you know, saying where they say, I wish I would have learned this in school. And it's usually pertaining to finances and budget and money and things of that nature, Dr. Williams. And no school that I've talked with, that I've dealt with, that I, you know, that we've partnered with or even discussed partnering with has ever talked or, or even broached the subject of entrepreneurship. And I remember when we first talked, when I actually first walked into BCA and we were doing our interview and I saw y'all's uh, one of the logos there, one of the emblems, or it might've been a banner and it talked about entrepreneurship and I was reading it and it just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I said, this is the most, in many ways, this is the most common sense thing that should be taught to students that isn't being taught. Right. And that's a shame, really. Right. This is what students should be learning. Mm-hmm. Real leadership skills, 
really, you know, and now with, you know, especially with our program, real skills they can take out there and really, you know, you could start, you could be a wedding uh, videographer, That's right. wedding photographer. You mm-hmm. could be doing event photography. You could be doing graphic design, doing business cards, uh, album covers, uh, you know, audio engineering. You like, you, you want to record bands. You want to be a rapper. You, we're teaching you those skills. Plus you go to a school that that is their mantra. We're, we're talking about entrepreneurship. Yes. You're setting students up for success. And man, oh man, am I so proud to be a part of a, a, a school system like this. And I hope all the parents out there watching are proud too. Well, I, I'm, I'm ex- you're as ecstatic as I am. And I, I can tell by your enthusiasm that uh, you caught the vision, recognized what we were trying to do um, as a part of our mission and vision for both districts. And um, I, I, I couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, even though this is our first year, we, we of course, with anything, you have um, challenges or what have you, getting things up and started. But I think we're definitely on the right road now. Um, I want to talk about this because this is the biggest thing for me. A lot of times we we teach and I talk to students as well as leadership teams about relevancy and and uh, students uh, do not want to learn you know they don't why, why do i need to know math or why do i need to know science and and if you do not make it applicable to their day-to-day life or how uh, or or relevant to them they tend to be disengaged and we have the nagatish experience coming up of course i'm thrilled about it because it's actually a part of their practicum and uh, it's it happens to be in my hometown of nagatish louisiana that we go been in existence for over established over 300 years ago. So uh, it's the oldest settlement in the Louisiana Purchase, and um, I'm thrilled that the students will have the opportunity to go meet entrepreneurs there as well as various tours. But as a part of that, talk to them about the practicum and what's going to happen as a part of the Alamo Arts Academy and those students. So what we're going to do in Louisiana, this is this is an opportunity really like no other. We are uh, students that have been in our program. Uh, this will be for our Academy of Dallas students that have been in our program. We are going to document professionally and using the skill sets that they have learned, the trip, the experience, everything that happens out there in Louisiana, utilizing digital video production, utilizing digital photography, and again, utilizing those skills, that curriculum, that CTE, takes aligned education that we've been teaching them. So um, literally how what we're doing, the idea is we're picking a team of students, a certain team of, of AOD students that have been, a team of scholars that have been involved in the Alamo Arts Academy, and that team, we're going to start working together, I believe, next week. Early February. Start, yes, awesome. We're, yeah. We're going to start working together and we are going to put together the narrative, the idea of how we want to document this. Uh, you know, start looking over shots, different framing, uh, the different locations we're going to be. Who, what are we going to do for testimonials? What we're going to do for interviews? What kind of pictures that we want to take away from there? Um, and we're going to produce several different spots of the actual experience. And what I'm talking about is the scholars themselves. These eight scholars are going to put this together. Now, we are also going to have some uh, Alamo Arts Academy and Machina Cinema instructors there, you know, on site. 
and we are going to be documenting the students as they document the experience. So it's a, it's a twofold. It's a twofold one. Everybody wins. But I am so excited because this is where the proof is in the pudding. Mm -hmm. We're going mm -hmm. to be able to say, okay, these students have been learning since the beginning of the year. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you got. Let's see what you learned. Let's let's put it to the test. What more do you want than that? This is going to be amazing. Yes, absolutely. And when you think about we teach all year long the standards um, for our assessment, which for the students is the star to see, you know, what they've learned that entire year. And this is pretty much their opportunity to say, hey, we've gone through these modules. We were we were selected based upon our performance um, on these models to be a part of this team, to develop this documentary, uh, to share with their peers and their families and the community at Absolutely. large, you know. So it's just a phenomenal opportunity for, for them. I cannot wait to participate and, and support in that particular process. And I am so excited about where we are going uh, as it relates to our partnership with Alamo Arts Academy. Thank you, Dr. Williams. You couldn't be more excited than me. And I'm so excited, though, that that it was us that we got together, you know, the, the, that BCA and AOD, y'all were the first schools to get on because what, what, what a great fit that we are together. Right. And the scholars have, uh, you know, they're, they're turning in projects every week and they seem to really be enjoying it. So I am very excited. I'm excited for Louisiana though, too. Oh, Louisiana yeah. coming up. We're going to, we're going to do some great things out there, but I'm excited when the end of the year comes and we have our, our big summer boot camp and we're able to see and, uh, you know, what these uh, students have done. And, you know, it's all very rewarding when you really want to make an impact on our community, on our culture, um, you know, on our generation. And, and, you know, th that we finally have some tools in place to do so. So this is amazing. Well, this uh, broadcast is very uh, intentional and it supports not only um, our co our uh, community, meaning our uh, community stakeholders that are not in the schools on a day to day basis to see what we're doing. But it also develops our leaders uh, within our districts and those staff members that are not participating or aware of what the Alamo Arts Academy is all about. It was critical for me to uh, develop a platform that spoke to, you know, where we are in these times uh, and era, how we communicate now as a part of uh, the podcast. I model the expectation as the, the leader of both districts. And I'm encouraging and I'm excited about and I'm announcing to everyone that both districts will have a, uh, a media room or, or a place where they can actually do their own podcast, news or anchor, uh, morning news, and be able to do things on campus as well. So we're really not only investing in the modules or the platform where they can learn, the practicum where they're going out in the community to be able to um, utilize those skills learned uh, or to become entrepreneurs based upon the skills that they learn, but they will be able to actually practice on campus uh, moving into the next school year. So we're excited that both districts will have that. And you and I have worked together to, to make sure that we provide a space that's going to be conducive to that and have the appropriate uh, equipment to be able to do that. So I'm thrilled about that. And what are your thoughts on that? No, the, the, the media, the multimedia lab is going to be amazing. So 
We're talking about the Louisiana trip. We're talking about, um, you know, what, what could happen in the summer for the summer boot camp and then the projects. But day in and day out, we needed a place, uh, obviously, as, as you recognize, Dr. Williams, uh, a place where these students can put their, put the, what they've learned to the test a place where they can really hone their skills and Absolutely. hone that craft. So, um, yeah, the, the, this the, the media lab is going to be amazing. You know, what we're talking about, uh, I know some things need to be finalized, but the, the idea is, you know, different components to be able to utilize all these skills, different audio engineering components, uh, re- recording software, microphones, yes. the, the, the audio treatments for the walls, computers, uh, tablets for graphic design, of, of cameras for photography, cameras for videography, you know, a green screen, a light kit, light setup. This is going to be great. These students are going to be able to take what they've learned and put it to the test right then and there. And then our projects can be more involved. Then us coming to campus and working with students can be exactly. more involved. The students are going to get more out of it. And again, it's a win-win because this is all, again, aligned to the TEKS, aligned to that CTE career track, aligned to that practicum education. So I think it's another benefit that the BCA and AOD students are going to have. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm excited to see what these scholars think as well. And even on the instructional uh, aspect uh, for teachers, you know, for for students to have the opportunity to say, hey, I'm going to videotape Miss Smith doing a math lesson. And That's right. They video that and we post that on her Web page or on the website where students can assess, uh, access that that video of her and they can go back and 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 uh, replay multiple times. You know, if they didn't get it in class or they need some. Uh, you know, they're not sure about what they got in class. They can go back and view that. All of those opportunities um, where teachers can actually, uh, they can actually video teachers doing model lessons that we can actually develop a professional development um, platform, whereas we have a model teacher that's doing great things uh, as it relates to discipline or um, uh uh, rotation stations or center centers or what have you, and we have students to videotape that. There's a library where a teacher that is not familiar or a new teacher coming in would be able to access that video and kind of see that firsthand. So it's just just it's just a, an exciting time for both districts, and um, I, I'm looking forward to the continued work relationship with the Alamo Arts Academy. Um, I want to talk to you about. Being an intentional leader, because as you know, we are on the intentional leadership broadcast and you are a leader of your own organization. And I want to ask you, what does intentional leadership mean to you? In short, it would mean doing it with a purpose. Anybody can fall into, you know, that role. They can be given that job. They can be given, you know, uh, their their. They're the captain of that ship or they're the one, you know, leading their group or so on and so forth. But having a real purpose and being a leader, I mean, just like you're saying, intentionally, that's really what makes the difference because you know what you're setting out to do has purpose. Right. And you are trying to invoke change. You are trying to take something from the beginning to the end. For a reason, there's reasoning behind it. There's thought behind it. There's, you know, a, a, a lot of it too, for me, is passion. Absolutely. There's, there's mm-hmm. passion behind it. When I talk about education, when I talk about curriculum, when I talk about students, 
I'm passionate about it. Uh, I myself am a very creative person uh, coming from a filmmaking background, coming, you know, as a writer, as a director, as a musician. So everything I approach, it's something I want to do. I wear many hats, as I'm sure you do, uh, Dr. Williams. <laughs> many hats, and sometimes we stretch ourselves a little bit too thin. And I'm sure somebody might, on the outside looking in, say, you know, why are you taking on another thing? You're taking on another thing. Uh, intentional leadership is a great way to look at it. I'm intentionally doing it because I, I'm driven to do this. Right. Absolutely. I'm driven to, to, to have this passion, to have this purpose. And there's nothing I can do about it. I can't stop. This is who I am. This is what I'm trying to. The, the, these are the, the, the goals and the, uh, you know, uh, that I'm trying to fulfill. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I, I feel, uh, you know, is my purpose and purposeful about. And so it's, it's very important to me. Uh, and I'm very proud of being an intentional leader. I'm very proud of, of, of waking up every day and having a lot on my plate. Uh, I look at it this way, uh, Dr. Williams, imagine if you didn't have anything on your plate. Right. You know, I kind of feel bad for, for anybody that says, you know, what are you up to? I'm, I'm up to nothing and I don't want to be up to nothing. And I'm not into anything and nothing interests me. To, oh, man, wow. that, that's probably one of the scariest things for me. Yes, indeed. I agree. You know, so so when a new idea pops into my head or I'm sitting here thinking, ah, oh, you know, the Alamo Arts Academy or anything, you know, why we have our business and, you know, we're doing a shoot for the city or, you know, the sports team or whatever. That, that, that's all. I mean, I look at it all as a form of intentional leadership. Absolutely. And, and again, it, it is for me, it all comes from passion. Passion to want to educate, passion to want to create, passion to want to make a difference. Uh, you know, I'm just fortunate and lucky enough to be that type of person, to be passionate like that, and to be able to surround myself with like-minded individuals. So, uh, buddy, second question, how do you inspire others? I hope it's by doing. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I hope it's by what I've done. I hope it's by the example that I've put forth. Uh, I still have students that email me and message me, or sometimes they hunt me down on social media and uh, they'll say, uh, you know, I, I didn't really understand or I, I wasn't really into film when I was in your class, but there was bits and pieces that you taught me about being a leader about filmmaking when I, when I was teaching film that I applied to my job now at X, Y, and Z, or, you know, little things that I do. And so I, I hope that's what I'm doing, or I really feel confident that that's how I'm inspiring others. Uh, I am an entrepreneur. I went to school for international business. I went to UTSA. And then uh, I, I got into radio, television, film at San Antonio College. And after writing for the paper and being at RTF for one year, I said, they, they didn't let you get your hands on equipment yet back then. You didn't touch anything that first year. That wasn't until year two or like the second semester of year two. And I said, oh, no, I can't wait that long. I, I, I'm going to start my own company. And I knew nothing about film. <laughs> I, I, I met my wife and, and uh, you know, we were dating and she was lucky enough to say uh, uh, she believed in my idea. And see, I inspired her there. You know, I'm talking up a storm and saying, we can do filmmaking and make movies. Yes. And so she, she's the investor. She started the company. She said, okay, I'll invest in you. I believe in you inspired me, your passion, that I'll invest in you. And we started our film company from knowing nothing. 
And it was from there, you know, and now we're fortunate enough. We, we, we deal with a lot of very big clients. Um, uh, we, you know, we've shot for all, all over for here in San Antonio uh, with the Spurs and the Scantron and, and, you know, the city of San Antonio, HEB, all sorts of different people from a guy who knew nothing about filmmaking. Uh, but it's that entrepreneur drive yeah. where I just got it in my mind one day. I'm not going to work for other people anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Um, uh, and it's, it's odd, you know, an entrepreneur, you don't want to work 40 hours a week for somebody else, but you're willing to work <laughs> 60, yeah. 70 hours a week, but for yourself, it's just, a, I don't know how to explain it because somebody, you know, listening or watching might say, well, that's crazy. It's not, no. it's not crazy. There's, there's that fulfillment. There's that, you know, it, you're the one in the driver's seat. You're making the decisions. You're you're gonna make it and break it, you know. And I think nowadays in this day and age, like I said before, that's very important. That's very important because more and more and more, there's opportunities for people like never before to be an entrepreneur and be a successful entrepreneur. So I hope that the example that I'm giving, coming from you know switching gears from from business to doing you know filmmaking. From being, you know, a, a filmmaker to being a teacher to being, you know, president of a nonprofit to now starting this program, I hope somebody's watching, saying, "Well, he's just like me. He he didn't know anything about, you know, filmmaking, and he jumped into that. He's just a guy who likes movies and telling stories, and and you know, he got certified. He became a teacher. That I think it's pretty inspiring when you see. I, I, I'm not, you know, classically, I wasn't brought up by my parents to well, we're going to become a teacher or you're going to become, you know, you're going to go into finance or you. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And, and here I am now running a business, running a nonprofit. And so uh, I hope that's what inspires others when they see me and they see my story and they see, uh, well, this guy was able to do it. Uh, anybody can do it. I think, uh, oh, I want to tell you, you've inspired me to even be greater. And that's, I'm being very honest and transparent about that. Um because it does take passion and it, it is a faith walk. It's a, a risk that we take as entrepreneurs yeah. <laughs> to step out of what we traditionally know as jobs, you know, working a nine to five or whatever the, the schedule is. And you do have to put in more hours and more times because it's your business. And if you want it it's to be business. successful, you have to put in the time and the effort. Final question. Okay. How does being an intentional leader cause transformation? I think whether you like it or not, <laughs> or whether you were planning for it or not, it's going to transform you, uh, you know, by default. It, getting into this role, and for me, it was, it was education. I never thought I was going to be an educator. And I certainly didn't know or plan or I, really I didn't even want any kind of transformation. I wanted to be a filmmaker when I, when I, you know, when I signed on to be that, to be that uh, uh, paraprofessional, it was just to supplement income. You know, I'm going to be a big time filmmaker and I have no, I have no, uh, I have no intentions of being a teacher, of being a leader, of molding minds. I don't want to be, no way, a teacher. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, <laughs> and really that's where the intentional leadership for me, that's where it spawned from from being in that classroom. And the first time I got to see those students look up at me and get something, you know, that look when a student gets something and they right. look at you and oh, they, yeah, the, you know, they got it and yes. you reach them. 
the light oh, bulb. Oh man, the light bulb! Yeah. Yes. Wow, it's an unexplainable, amazing feeling. feeling. Absolutely, and you're just there, and you know, you were thinking about, I'm going to go to the movies tonight, or I'm going to do this, and you see that student, and suddenly you're like, man, I work on that curriculum for tomorrow or for next week. I bet I can. I know how to reach them. I know how to, get, and your whole world just changes. And 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 that's and I'm not saying oh so everybody needs to be a teacher. No, I'm just saying <laughs> that's how it happened for me. Right. Maybe it happens to someone when they're you know when they're in their construction job or a police officer or whatever they're. Doing. But for me, that's how it happened. And and you know when they said you want to come back next year, I was like next year. I'm thinking of three years from now, we can build a whole film studio here. And we can. And they're like this guy. Look, this guy didn't want to be here. I I don't know how to explain it. It it, it transformed me. You know, being being put in that leadership role, transforming, it, it just does, I think, if you have that passion for it. And again, Dr. Williams, I, I have to speak to this point. I really think you just get, sometimes you should consider yourself fortunate and lucky that you're able to get in that position. Right. You know, I, I just got lucky that, and, and you know, the, the woman there who hired me, she's still a really good friend of mine. She, uh, um, She's actually on our board of the nonprofit. She hired me to uh, off of Facebook. She sent me a message and said, you worked with somebody else. I was on a film production. We're looking for a film teacher, a paraprofessional, blah, 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 blah. And I just lucked into it. Here I am, you know, and my whole cause now is still filmmaking. It's still writing. Still, you know, I love, you know, creating music. And, but man, uh, one cornerstone of my life has become education. Yes. And the passion that I didn't know I had that this, you know, being that intentional leader saying, I'll take this role. I'll take this class on. I'll take on, you know, I'll take on this curriculum. I'll start learning about teaks and the pedagogy. I'll start learning about the alignment. I'll, and, you know, being that intentional leader transforming when I saw the results, when I saw what my passion and my leadership could do for others. It changed me into a different person. It, it really made me believe, okay, you want to talk about change and how, you know, some of the great leaders and some of the great people in, in the you know 21st century and so forth, how they've had change. This is how it happens. You know, some, some people get to be up there on the podium and get to be talking and get to, and some of us got to play our role. You know what I mean? And, and it, neither is less important. They're, they're, they're all, they're all vital, but you have to be willing to, to accept that and to recognize man, this is my part. This is an important part. And um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that opportunity. I'm thankful that I was able to realize that and and to embrace that. Well, buddy, I have enjoyed our conversation. You have been so insightful. Uh, I know my mentees and, and the audience are going to take all of that wealth of information you shared uh, and it was very open and honest and authentic. And I, that, that's what I want this podcast to be about. You know, we're celebrating leaderships, being intentional about being leaders and being effective, you know, as we motivate through self-reflection, we inspire others to transform for, de for those desired outcomes. And that's me. That's what it's all about. Motivate, inspire and transform. And it's a shift in mindset. So I want all the mentees to remember the genesis of change begins from within. Intentional leadership.